The following podcast is a production of City View Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The following program is not ashamed of the gospel and is about to tell you the truth. The first thing that you have to realize is when you see someone who seems to be given to prayer and the study of God's word, don't buy into the lie that they do that because it's easy for them, that they have a special gift. When I woke up from whatever I was, coma or whatever I was in after my heart attack, and one of the first things I noticed was the pain was unbelievable. They had pounded me with that machine so many times that it felt like all my ribs were broken. And to breathe, I wanted to scream every time I inhaled. It was horrible to breathe but what's the option die and that's that's where you've got to come to that point I read three chapters this morning and I I read in Spanish I read out of my Spanish Bible I read three chapters I have a discipline of three chapters in this before I go do my studies but just devotional reading with the Lord and I can't tell you how many times I had to repeat a paragraph because I read it and it was like, what did I just read? Still today, it's a fight. It is a fight. Everything in my life is a fight, but, I, but the option is die. And, and that's what you have to see, young man. You have to cultivate discipline. You have to create it. I remember when I first, when I was learning martial arts and I thought I was going to, you know, just go in the first day and get to punch somebody or something. And they made me stand in a certain way. I don't know for how long. And then they made me move my hand the same way every time. And it was just getting boring. Been there for months. And then one day I walked in and, and the professor or whatever, all of a sudden I saw a punch come straight at me. I mean, out of nowhere, I didn't even have my gi on. And as a punch just flew across my face and I remember cross blocking like that. And I went, wow, that was, that was pretty cool. <laughs> and the thing is, is it's developing discipline. But the, the real issue is you haven't come to the point where you truly believe if I don't consume this book and I don't learn to pray, I'm going to die. Keeping our thinking challenged by God's truth is the focus of this podcast. We generate real answers from God's Word and from the practical application of that Word in everyday life. Thanks for joining us for the Thinking Out Loud podcast. Pastor Wald, we're going to talk about insecurity today, and it's in relationship to the series that we are in, The Wounds in a Man's Heart. Pastor Walt, you say as a leader, your struggle with personal security comes and goes. You will likely feel as if you've won the war during times of success or popularity among the people you lead. However, insecurity raises its head often in ministry and in leadership. So will you unpack that for us? Why do men feel so insecure? Do you have some examples? Sure. I got a long list of examples. We talked in previous podcasts about the wounds left by a father, and I I use the father, but it can be any man in our life. 
sometimes we just don't have the father in our life, but another man can leave some wounds. And I really believe that the Bible has the answer for what ails our culture, and that is the family and the bedrock of the family is the father. And that's not popular these days because we're trying to live in an egalitarian society. And every time we turn around, there's something new. There's the transgender movement and some of the other things that really go against the biblical pattern. But men are the answer. They are the key. And there are just a few things that I would highlight here. I could come up with more. This is not an exhaustive list, but some of the things that men struggle with is criticism and rejection. Nobody likes that meeting someone important. It's funny how I'll go back to people from my past and I feel the same way after not seeing them for years. I feel the same way I did around them that I did years ago. I haven't dealt with that. I haven't overcome that. But I just feel like this person is better than me and and they think this about me, which is probably not true. And I have to interject here. That has been one of my problems. For years, I would meet business leaders when I was in ministry, you know, in, in, the, in the pastorate. I'd meet these very successful people, and I always felt intimidated. It almost automatically put me in the corner with a dunce hat on. <laughs> I I, I eventually overcame that, but yet it's still a little bit there because I always think, well, you're so successful, you must be better than me. I mean, that's just stinking thinking, but it's a reality. I was part of an organization for quite a few years, and I sort of felt like an outsider. And when I still see some of my associates from there, I still feel like I don't fit. I'm not there. And I think, man, I've had a successful ministry. Why do I feel this way? But that's the reality of where we're at as men. We're tough on the exterior, but we carry these wounds on the inside. Failure of assignment. I've started to learn in my life that failure often leads to some of my greatest success. But failure stings. A colleague's success, that shows that we have jealousy in our hearts. Unrecognized achievement when I do something and I accomplish something and nobody says anything about it. Personal loss when people and resources you've relied on are taken away from your life. Reflecting on an unfair past. Boy, this is a real big one in our culture right now. And I see it among young men and it's debilitating. But when I think about my past hinders my future We don't aspire people to overcome anymore. We don't aspire them to use the difficult things that have happened in their lives and the lessons they've learned from that to overcome and press ahead. Those aren't our heroes anymore. We thrive in victimhood, and our heroes are the people who have suffered the most and are sort of sitting on the sidelines and wearing that suffering as some kind of a badge other than rather than press ahead and move ahead in life. You know, where I was most vulnerable or insecure, and it's probably still true today, is when I have poured my life into something, and, you know, whether it's a sermon or a teaching series or a ministry outreach of any kind, and it doesn't get recognized, like you said, that unrecognized achievement, and you don't do it to get recognition ultimately, really. But it's always nice to hear somebody say, Pastor, that was one of the best sermons I ever heard. And when you hear nothing week after week, month after month, you go, 
wow, am I really called to this? Is this something that God is using? What, well, how would you address that as a pastor, as a leader? You got to be thick skinned and you got to keep pressing ahead. That's for sure. But yeah, I, I, I've shared this often that a lot of times I'll go in the pulpit and I'll think, man, this is really going to hit people and it's going to be good. And I don't hear a word. <laughs> and then other times I go in and I think, God, oh, this is really going to go over like a lead balloon. And then I'll get my, my best feedback about it. So I think that's the Lord has a little bit of part in there. It just gets us to rely on him. But that's really what uh, the cure for all of this is, just our reliance on Christ and mm -hmm. our identity in Christ. And you can't get that outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ. So I'm really speaking to Christian men here, but if a person doesn't know Christ, I'm just telling you that the only way through healing is through Jesus Christ. I'd be a total mess. I am kind of a total mess, but I'd be a total mess <laughs> if it wasn't for Jesus in my life. And every day I just look back and in my life and I think, man, I'm I'm just kind of insecure. Just a real short story here. I was with somebody recently I'd never met before and we're on this retreat and nobody in my church so whoever's listening it's nobody here i'd never met him before and by the end of the retreat this guy just really bugging me and after the retreat i went out with for lunch with a couple of my associates and i said you know what is it in my past i would just say i just don't like this guy he really bugs me but but now i've learned to say what is it in my heart that causes me, and this is a brother in Christ, to just not like this person. What is it about me? I want to look inside and see what is my wound? What is my issue? I don't want to be like that toward people. That's part of the whole healing process is what I just see men doing is the blame game, blaming other people, blaming my past, blaming my upbringing, and that gets you nowhere. And the sad part of it is not only do you suffer, but the people around you suffer. Your spouse suffers, your children suffer, your associates suffer because they have to deal with your wounds. You're just kind of carrying your wound everywhere and you think that you're covering it up, but you're really not. Mm -hmm. Pastor Walt, that's so healing and so healthy to be able to ask that question and self-awareness question. What is going on in me rather than looking at the person and saying, you just bug me and you're the problem to actually ask yourself, what's happening to me? Why does this person bug me? That's, that's so healthy, but we don't normally do that. That's not our first line of defense. We usually say, you're just a jerk, and that's it. <laughs> you know? But when we are messes, we are messes because sometimes the lies that we tell, we tell first to ourselves, and they're the most difficult lies to overcome. You said that in, a, in your uh, seminar on the, the wounds in a man's life. So, Pastor Walt, how do you, we get out of this bondage of the lies we tell ourselves? And I mean, men continually fester a wound. You know, they keep pulling the scab off over and over and over again, and they never seem to get healed. So what is your solution to that? Well, we have to correct our identity. That wound has become a part of our identity, whether we like it or not. It formulates our interaction with other people, how we view ourselves, and we have to do the, the dirty work. That's a good illustration that you use about pulling the scab off over and over again. You know, when you're a kid and you get a scab, you're just, it's kind of gross, but you're picking at that thing and you can't wait to get that scab off of there, but you are interrupting the healing process. And you got to get all the way down into that wound and you got to let it heal and you got to stay on it until it's gone. It might be a lifelong process like we were talking about a few minutes ago where we just kind of wonder, why do I still carry that insecurity? 
and I, I more and more I want to find my identity in Christ and who I am with Him. And uh, here's just a, a a free tip here, but it's really the heart of it is I've just done so much more study the last few years on the love of God, the love of God for me, the heart of God for me and for people, and understanding the gospel of Jesus Christ and what it's really all about. We just think the gospel is Jesus saved us, he died for our sins, and now we need to spend the rest of our lives earning it and doing good things. And we get into the performance, and we get into pleasing people and pleasing God. And the thing is, we have to remember that we already please God because we are his dearly loved children. He has adopted us into his family. These are things that we don't hear in the church very often, but you've got to get down into that wound and you've got to you got to expose that wound to Jesus. And Jesus is the one who can really come in and take care of that and heal you and explain what he's done in his word to help you to overcome that wound in your life. And the, the problem is we just, we never start there or we start too late in life. And that wound has just grown so deep into our life. It gets harder and harder with each passing year to get down in there and and get those roots of bitterness and unforgiveness dragged out of our life. But it can happen. Jesus can do it. And he says he gave us the Holy Spirit that searches the deep parts of our life and will expose. I've found as I've increased my prayer life, I have a, a greater sense of my inadequacies and a greater sense of my failures in life, but at the same time, a greater sense of God's grace in those moments and in those hurts and wounds and insecurities. I think grace is a a theme that goes for all of us because we're all fallen people. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone fails. And sometimes we think we're the only ones making the mistakes or failing, but everyone does in some way, shape, or form. Now, you're right, Pastor Walt. Jesus Christ is the macro solution to the problems that ail the human heart. However, there are some keys along the way that may unlock a door to help us process that even further. You quoted Dr. Chris Thurman, who has written an insightful book entitled The Lies We Believe. Tell us some of the insights that you got from that, because I think some of these little points that you make would help someone who is listening to say, yeah, that's kind of me. So a few things, never put your emotional health in the hands of someone else. That could be people who aren't even in your life anymore. Mm -hmm. You're still attached to that person. You're still fighting a battle to win that person's approval and they're not even in your life. It could be your father. Your father might be passed away, but you're just out to prove as a man, I can do this. I'm not the guy that he said I am. What you're doing is you're putting your emotional health in in the hands of that person. You could do it with your spouse. Mm -hmm. We are not in marriage to make one another happy. That's not the goal of it. It's good to be happy and to be happily married, but we have to find our happiness in ourself. And a lot of people get married as an answer to my wounds. This person's going to heal me. And it, it just never works. The truth is a requirement for spiritual and emotional health. That's the part where most men run away. You start to speak the truth and I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. And it can really turn sideways fast because we don't want to hear the truth. We believe lies for so long. Do you think that is an attack against a person's, a man's insecurity? Is that why he runs? He knows somehow he's insecure in some way, and I don't want to hear it. I don't need it. 
mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I don't want to deal with it. So what you're doing is you're saying to that man, you're a workaholic because you're wounded. It's not that you are a workaholic because you're successful or because you're gifted. You're trying to cover up that wound. That, that's a really key point is what have I put around this wound to protect it? Because I just don't want anybody in there. I don't want to admit. Who wants to admit, yeah, I'm insecure as a man. I'm wounded. I need help. And then there's fear of men. This happens over and over again. I'm sure you've experienced it where you send a couple for counseling or you bring in a couple for counseling and right away the man says, no, I'm not going back again. Mm. Why? Because you've got an insecurity. And these are all signs and we just kind of miss it. And then we say, well, no, it's the counselor. He wanted me to cry and express my feelings. And I'm just not going to do that because that's not what men do. And you walk away from the thing that can bring your healing. You know, before you move on, I, I want to just say something. You know, one of the brilliant ideas of AA is you admit that you're an alcoholic or a drug addict or whatever. There's an admission that starts at the very beginning, which is the foundation of how you recognize what's wrong and then you are open to the healing of the 12 steps or whatever it is. You know, that's true for men too. I mean, I think we have to admit, hey, as a male, I'm not all what I'm cracked up to be or how I present myself. I'm really just a little boy inside. And I have to admit that. Now, how many of us really want to do that? But I think as we become honest with that internal insecurity, the only way we're going to find healing in that is admit to it and then you know, seek help and seek the Lord to make us different inside. And that's what Jesus was good at. He meets a woman at the well and he says, your problem is not your theology. Your problem is your insecurity. You're on your sixth man right mm-hmm. now. You're not even married to him. You don't even trust a man enough to marry him anymore. But can you imagine the scandal in that culture of being married five times? Mm. This woman was ridiculed. She was an outcast but they saw the change in her life. And the next one I think is really important. Most of our unhappiness and insecurity is the result of the lies that we believe. I have a young man in Teen Challenge that I'm mentoring right now, and I'm really proud of him because he seems to be good at identifying his weaknesses. And he said to me recently, you know, I've got a problem. I've only been a Christian for a year, and I'm already a legalist, and I'm just always upset about people not believing the way I believe, and that doesn't make any sense. But he said that reason for that is because I believed lies for so long in my life. I think he's about 30 or 31. Hmm. And he recognized the root of the problems in his life is the lies that he has believed in the past. It takes some people years and decades and maybe never wake up to the reality that what you believe is a lie. When my son was going through his addiction. I remember another young man in the church who had problems of his own. He says, you know, your problem is you believe lies. Mm. I thought, man, out of the mouth of babes come the greatest truth. That was it. You know, he believed that I loved my other son more than him. And he believed that I stopped spending time with him and none of it was true. And now he's waking up to that because he's not in his addiction anymore. He's understanding how much we do love him and we do care for him. So the lies that we believe is a root of so much of this. Recognize that you believe what you want to believe. We want to be in our comfort zone. We don't want to, um, we don't, we don't want to, again, open up that, that wound in our life. We don't want people to search around in there. The truth can be eclipsed by a thrilling lie. At the root of there somewhere 
in our life, in our insecurity, is a lie that we started to believe. And we didn't recognize it. We believed that we were less than. We believed that this person is better than us. You know, I was just going to say, Pastor Walt, I mean, that's so good, those two experiences. I was just going to say, you know, the lie that I told myself, as I said earlier, that I wasn't as good as the successful people in, in and around me. And a lot of times, even my insecurity came when I was pastoring a church, and the young men who are 10 years or, or more, my younger, were extremely successful. And I'm going... I, I complained to God. I said, God, why is it I'm doing your work and I can't hardly feed my family and they're taking their family to Aspen for a skiing deal. I go, God, this is unfair. You're, you're exactly right. This end game, this comparison. I remember years ago listening to something, some comments from Scottie Pippen who played in the NBA. And at the time, he got a $3 million a year contract. And that was a big deal. And he says, but then I look over there and I see Paul Allen and he's got a billion, a billion dollars. Here you are. You're one of the greatest basketball players of all time. You're a multimillionaire and you're comparing yourself to something that you'll never achieve in your life. Remember that hurting people naturally hurt people, intimidated people intimidate. The phrase that one of the men in the church uses all the time, he says, hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. When you're hurting, you hurt people. And you got to recognize, how are you hurting people? How are you carrying your wounds? Is that your, your badge of honor? And we can only pass on what we possess ourselves. This is a good one for pastors. And I tell the young pastors underneath me, you can only take people where you've been. Spiritually, if your prayer life isn't together, you can tell your congregation to pray all you want, but you'll never take them there. Or your your emotional life, or your marriage, or whatever it is. You can't take people where you haven't been. They they can sense the, the hypocrisy, but it's it's also, as a pastor, and this can translate into any area of life, you really have to learn, if you're going to be successful, you have to learn to lead from your gut. You can't lead from your emotions. You can't lead from your intellect. You have to really lead in those important times in your life, whether it's in business, marriage, or wherever. You have to learn to lead from your gut. And I just say the gut is really who you are. And haven't we seen it recently in the news Mm -hmm. that there's a lot of successful pastors, but there's something in their heart because every time you turn around, another big name is is falling. It's happened recently, just a few weeks ago. And that pastor had the wherewithal to say, there's something in my heart. It wasn't even that serious of an offense, but I got to figure out what's going on in my heart. What is this desire or what is this creeping up in my life? I heard of another, not moral failure, but just a failure in a pastor's life. And this pastor doesn't pastor a very large church, but he gets dropped off everywhere in a limousine. He gets, he has bodyguards that follow him around. And some young man was telling me about this and how much it bothered him. And I said to the young man, where there's smoke, there's fire, there's something there. And sure enough, just a week later, something's come up in this man's life. It's an insecurity thing, mm-hmm. especially in the ministry or in marriage. You've got to walk humbly mm-hmm. at all times. Well, and that's one of the biggest things, you know, you mentioned all these pastors who fall. Very few of them actually publicly acknowledge their failure. 
because I think that would help them heal and it would help people being that are out in the congregation or in the world not be quite so critical. People who see people humbling themselves, asking for forgiveness and asking for change and doing counseling, that's a pretty hard person to criticize because we all fail, but in his failure, he's actually doing steps of healing. So you teach about keys to personal security. I think we'll end on that today, but I think it, it encapsulates all that we've been talking about today. Tell us those four keys. Uh, the first one is identity. I've talked about that a little bit through here, but you you got to tie your self-worth, your identity in Christ, not people or performance. That that's It's a tough one. You know, how do I get my identity in Christ? The most important way is through intimacy with him. You've got to know him. You've got to walk with him. You've got to work that Bible over from cover to cover, mark every page of it. These are simple things. I had a man come to me years ago and say, I got wounds in my life. Can't you tell me something else other than to pray or read your Bible? And all of these years later, that was 25 years ago, I still go back to the same thing. He's speaking to you through his word, and you are speaking to him, and you are having a conversation with him in prayer. You've got to know him. Brokenness. You must allow God to break you of self-sufficiency and self-promotion. Jesus was pretty hard on people. But when people repented, that was the difference. That was the difference between the Pharisees and everybody else and the tax collectors and prostitutes and so-called sinners is that Jesus has open arms for those of us who repent. And repentance is an acknowledgement, an acknowledgement of my sin, of my sin toward others, because at the root of all of it, bitterness, unforgiveness is sin. And only Jesus can root that out. I just see in the gospel just the importance of repentance. We don't understand it. We don't unpack it for people. We don't explain it to them. But it is a full and complete confession and acknowledgement of my weakness, my sin, my failure in my life. And you're saying to God, all right, I'm broken. Now I'm ready for you to remake me, to, to heal me, to fix me. Purpose. You must discover and practice your God-given purpose in life not someone else's. Everybody has a purpose. Everybody has an assignment. It's all built through nature. You plant a corn seed, you get corn. You plant a bean seed, you get a bean. We all have an assignment, something God has chosen for us uniquely to do. Giving and receiving. We can become narcissistic, and it's a big problem in our culture where people just take, take, take all the time. And I just tell young men, don't let everybody else take you out and buy your lunch. You buy people's lunch. You give. You learn to, to give back to what people have given. And find somebody else in your life if you're being mentored to mentor. Find a young person somewhere that you can mentor. Pastor Walt, these are so good. And by the way, I think that last one's kind of interesting because it's kind of self-serving too, isn't it, there, Pastor Walt? We get a lot of the young men taking you out to eat and they pay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they're starting to get jobs and I'm not footing the bill so much anymore. <laughs> Well, we love you, Pastor Walt. You got a good ministry going at City View Church in South Minneapolis. Everything is going in a direction of discipleship, which is the main theme for the church. Tell us how people can get a hold of you. They can email you. They can find ways that they can connect with the church, attend a church service, so forth. Where do they go? You can go to the website, cvcmpls.org, and you can watch online, get a feel for who we are. And you can also contact me through the website. 
Keeping Our Thinking Challenged by God's Truth is the focus of this podcast. We generate real answers from God's Word and from the practical application of that Word in everyday life. Thanks for joining us for the Thinking Out Loud podcast. We hope you enjoyed the podcast today, and please let us know your thoughts on our topic. We want to hear your feedback and your concerns as you think out loud. Please visit us at cvcmpls.org. That's cvcmpls.org.